0: What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and, well, it was bound to happen sooner or later. You know, as much as we wanted it to to continue forever, the 49ers were not going to win every game. And, unfortunately, against the Green Bay Packers, finally, they did lose. And, basically, you can't spot the Packers 17 points and expect to win. I'm sorry. That's just not going to work. The 49ers have to stop playing three-quarter football games. Again, we saw it this week. 49ers come out in the first quarter, flat, flat, nothing. Just can't do it. 39 yards in the last two first quarters for the 49ers, and I'm sorry, that's just not going to get it done. It's just not good enough. And I know that Jimmy Garoppolo came back and the Niners had the lead, And, you know, we'll get into all of that, but you can't just look at the end of the game, okay? you got to look at the entire game. And when you look at the entire game, the 49ers offense just wasn't good enough. We're going to get into everything that happened. We're going to get into all the crazy plays, all the penalties, all the non-penalties, because there was a bunch of both. Um, We're going to get into everything. We want to hear your comments, obviously. Hit us up. We'll start just basically, what what did you learn, basically? What did we learn this week from the, about the 49ers? I think we learned a lot. Uh, we're going to be joined by Levin Black, who co-hosts with me on Thursday on the Gold Standard Podcast. He's going to hop in here. Uh, we're going to be here for the next 40 minutes or so. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We really do appreciate it. So let's start there. Just flat out, tell me, what did you learn this week? And I know the target is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm already seeing it. Paul Perryman, watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Jimmy, Jimmy, average. A lot of Jimmy Garoppolo hate. A lot of Jimmy Garoppolo hate. And then a lot of people in my mentions yelling at me because Garoppolo came back and they took the lead with 30 seconds to go. And I think there's some questions about D'Amico Ryans that are fair to ask. Uh, like <laughs> right here. I don't know how to say your uh, handle there. Lassity boy. Bottom line, terrible defensive coaching at the end. And that's something we've seen from D'Amico Ryans. We saw it at the end of the Lions game. We saw it at the end of the Eagles game. And we saw it at the end of this one when they have no timeouts. No timeouts. And what was it? Less than 30 or less than 40 seconds? Let me, I'm going to check to get the actual time because I want to make sure I get this right. It was, let's see. They get the field goal 37 seconds when the ball was kicked off. So yeah, 37 seconds to go. And they go down the field and let's see. One, the spike is two, three, four, five plays if you count all the spikes. Three plays if you don't. Like, that's that's brutal. That is horrible. And it's something that the 49ers have got to get fixed. We've seen it three weeks in a row now from D'Amico Ryans. I know he's a first-year defensive coordinator. You know, he's got to learn, too. But, man, when you take the lead with 37 seconds left, I'm sorry. And the other team has no timeouts. You should also be able to hold on to that lead. And Collinsworth pointed it out on the broadcast a bunch of times about how the Niners were giving up the middle of the field and Fred Warner didn't get deep enough. Fred Warner did not have the best game in coverage tonight. Um, And so there you go. That's how you lose when you go up 30 seconds or you go up with 37 seconds left. Let's see this comment. Darren Espinosa watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page says, defense is good but predictable. Jimmy can't move. We need something dynamic at quarterback. Okay, let me touch on the first part of what you said because that's something that Chris Collinsworth talked about a lot on the show, on the uh, broadcast tonight, that basically the 49ers did not disguise anything, that it was basically just, hey, here was here's what we got. Here's what we're coming out at. See if you can beat it. And let's be honest, for most of the night, the Packers did. I mean, up until the last second to last drive, the Packers had, I think, Aaron Rodgers had three incompletions the whole night. So uh, the not disguising something is a good call by you, Darren. I appreciate the comment. Well, let's see what we got here from Robert Maurice Johnson on the Facebook page. Where was the place for our best playmaker, Kittle, in the first half? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Because when they had to have it later in the game, they hit up Kittle. So I think that's a fair question. I think that Kyle Shanahan had a big gaffe in this game fourth and one at midfield and he doesn't go for it. They take the delay of game and they punt. I mean, I think there was a lot about Kyle uh, with questions. You know, he finally, at least he finally hit Ayuk a couple times. That was good. But I mean, other questionable play calls, so much of the play calling was at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage. You can't run your offense like that. I'm sorry. You can't. Oh, apologies for that. Didn't mean to pop up that comment there. Hopefully uh, your kids are asleep and nobody was watching that. Uh, Enrique says, he's watching on the Facebook page, another fourth quarter fail on defense. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. And I know the 49ers had questions in the secondary, and I know that they had, you know, some injuries and guys are banged up, but that is frustrating. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm deflated. Uh, How do you feel after this? I am utterly deflated. Levin Black is here. Levin, my co-host on the Gold Standard Podcast. I can't see you, Levin. Why? I see. There we go. So I've been asking people, what did we learn? And I'll ask it to you. I mean, I I, I had problems with D'Amico Ryans at the end of that game, the final drive. You know, there was not enough disguise. And I just thought that, that it was way too soft. And uh, we got into the Jimmy stuff a little. But what was the first thing that stuck out to you this week?
1: Kyle got out-coached that entire first half. That was the difference of the game, in my opinion. Kyle coached scared as hell of his quarterback for the entire first half until, well, the last drive, he finally kind of opened things up. But he wouldn't go deep. He was running a vanilla offense. He was scared to try to run it, wasn't going to give his young running backs any chance, and played a one-dimensional offense, and you saw it. They didn't get anything done. And it's the second week in a row he's done that. And in the second half, He opens it up and basically says, well, Jimmy, you're going to have to throw deep sometimes, and we're either going to live or die with it. And guess what? The offense starts moving the ball. Like, I don't get it. He's never coached like this before. And all of a sudden, he's coaching like this in back-to-back weeks. And this week, it put him behind uh, the eight ball from the very beginning of the game. They managed to get the lead at the end, but really they showed in the second half that they should have won this game, that they were the better team, so to speak. But they played like crap, and it's because of Kyle's game plan.
0: I mean, I said at the start, the 49ers cannot keep playing three-quarter games. When you have 39 total yards in the last two first quarters and one first down in the last two first quarters, number one, that taxes your defense. But number two, like, you're supposed to be an offensive wizard. Let's see it, man. Take out the staff or the wand or whatever the hell a wizard has and start using it because, man, and let me just say, I know that there is a narrative that the 49ers can plug anybody back there and run the ball. I don't think that's true, Levin. The 49ers could not run the ball. Trey Sermon had 10 carries for 31 yards. That's 3.1 yards per carry. He led the team. So, you know, this whole idea we could just throw anybody back there and be good, I'm not so sure about that. And when the run game doesn't work, you I mean, we all saw it. It's ugly out there at times.
1: You know, I don't know if it's the running backs – Uh, pretty much every carry the running backs are getting hit at the line. Now they might not be making the correct cutback. There were a few times I saw that with sermon where he continued to go to the outside when he could have cut it up and gotten four or five yards. And instead he got a no game. But in general, there's not gaping holes. Like we're used to seeing, there's not these huge holes that anybody can run through. And I really question the last two weeks, the run blocking the run blocking. I don't think has been very good. I would have to review film on this game specifically like I said to see if it was just the lanes were missed by the running back and he overran them but it shouldn't didn't seem that way and like I said it's two weeks in a row where the running backs the moment they get to the line they're being hit by a defender or two in some instances so I don't know what the issue is offensively but it's not just on the running backs I just don't think Kyle Shanahan is dialed in He's adjusting well in games, but he's not got the right game plan to start games, and it's put them in holes in back to back games.
0: I thought that he coached scared at multiple points, to be honest with you. And I again, you know, I I don't want to get bogged down with the quarterback stuff, but again, the Niners get a touchdown right before halftime. Why? Because they put in Trey Lance and holy shit, he ran it into the end zone for a touchdown. Like what, imagine what's the three that. place.
1: Like, that's what I didn't understand. Like, when I saw them down at the one, I was like, I wonder if Trey Lance is going to come in because it's impossible to stop a mobile quarterback in this situation, a, a big mo- mobile quarterback, because he, he can push his way. You know, if he, if he goes on a bootleg, no DB stopping a quarterback of that size from getting the one yard and getting in the end zone. I just don't get what took him so long. It's like he was scared to put him in and let Trey Lance get the touchdown and what that would do to Jimmy. It's like, if if you're that scared and Jimmy's that fragile, what are you doing? Like I thought, Jimmy recovered well for the final drive. I thought uh, towards the end, you know, he had the bad fumble, um, but that's kind of a one-off play. That's kind horrible of a it's horrible fumble. What the hell play. is he
0: doing? It he is a bad He spins around play. backwards and throws. He sucks. Okay, let's just <laughs> say it like it is. All right, I'm not even going to look in the comments. Let me just let me just go here for a minute. Okay, he sucks. He can't do it. He's not the guy. And I know you're going to say he drove down at the end of the game and scored a touchdown. Yeah, that's great. They never should have been in that position. He was hideously bad. And by the way, the only reason they scored at the end of the first half is because Trey Lance ran it in. Jimmy had six plays in the red zone and couldn't do diddly, who, alright? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of watching this shit. I'm tired of watching a receiver go over the field, have nobody, nobody within 15 yards of him, and Jimmy's throw is so crappy that the receiver has to dive and they have to review it to see if it's a catch, okay? He's leaving plays and yards out there on the field. Again, turnovers, again, fumbles, interceptions anytime there's pressure, anytime there's pressure, he gets happy feet, he poops down his leg, and it's a crap play. It's horrible, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of watching the same movie every week, Levin.
1: I don't disagree, I don't think Jimmy had a good game. And I think the most glaring thing to me was your last point there. You know, the interception happened because he didn't fully step into the the throw. Why didn't he? Because he wanted to brace for impact. If you watch that play, like I rewound it after the interception happened to watch it again, and Jimmy could have fully stepped into play. He would have gotten lit up, but we've seen quarterbacks do that. They get lit up because they fully step into the throw on a deep throw. But instead, he did like a half step forward, through it, and then turned so the the defender wasn't getting to hit him straight on. Like he literally bailed on that play. That's what he did. He plays scared. He does. When the pressure is coming at him, he is going to panic and try to get the ball out because he doesn't want to get a hit. That is what you see when a quarterback has been injured multiple times, and in this scenario, he knows that if he gets injured again, he's never getting back in because it's over. The Niners will that. move on, and he is playing that way. And we've seen it multiple weeks now. We've seen it every single week. There's been at least one instance of Jimmy either getting happy feet or panicking and getting the ball out and not fully stepping into the throw when he could have. It just meant he would have gotten hit harder.
0: Let me just, this comment uh, from Tavante Tom Calhoun watching on the Niners Nation Facebook handle. O-line is solid. Jimmy has to be more consistent. That's just it. He's not more consistent. This is who he is. The time for him to get more consistent is over, okay? And it's certainly before the team spends three first-round draft picks on Trey Lance, okay? You had your chance to be consistent, Jimmy, and he's not. That's who he is. That's why he's not a good quarterback, because he's not consistent. Look at Rodgers just throwing BBs all over the field. Some of those touchdown passes were perfect, perfectly placed right over the defenders' hands. It's sickening. Makes me want to throw up watching it. We don't have that. And maybe Trey Lance is never going to be that. But maybe Trey Lance can break off, you know, break away from a rush and run for 15 or 20 yards. Like, I just... I've seen this show before and it's like, it's constant. I don't get it. What are you afraid of losing when you're throwing, you know, average air yards, three and a half yards per
1: pass. Like, what are you afraid of losing Levin? Lance could do that. I don't get it at this point. I think it is time to make the switch. I think Jimmy showed his limitations and Kyle showed that he's coaching to those limitations. And that's a big problem for me, for him to be doing that. And I just, don't know if we're going to be able to, to press him enough to really figure out why he is sticking with Jimmy so much because we know the media is not going to grill him on it. You know the media is not going to be grilling him all week on when's Trey Lance going to play. Why isn't Trey Lance getting anything other than scout reps? You know? Yeah, and and so I'm sorry not going to do that. Forgive me. Oh, you
0: have Kyle Shanahan sit down with Matt Mayoko and do an interview and talk about, well, what Trey Lance is getting out of doing the scouting. T- Give me a break, okay? The, yeah, the 49ers, about 49ers.com is linking to Mayoko's articles on their website. And I'm sorry, I don't mean this as a knock on Matt Mayoko, but it's going to come across that way. Do you think he's going to write anything or say anything that's going to piss off the 49ers? Like, really? And nobody would in that situation. It's not just on Mayoko. Whoever that that beat writer is, is not going to do anything to anger the team. So, like, somebody's got to do it in the press conference. When when the 49ers offense is sputtering again for the second straight game, in a game that everybody thought the Niners were going to go up and down the field on Green Bay, me included, before this game, right? And what happens? They're not doing anything. Kyle Shanahan goes into the locker room. They ask him at halftime, are we going to see Trey Lance? Nope. Like, so don't tell me you don't have a plan, Kyle, because it's the second straight week you've said that. So don't tell me there's no plan because there is a plan. It just sucks. That's the problem. The plan stinks.
1: <laughs> you know, he said that and then Trey Lance came out in the second play. Yeah, but then yeah. Juice came in and took the snap on the quarterback I know, sneak. But, you know, that just goes to show you, Kyle's not truthful. Like that has been the part that's frustrated me the most with this whole media thing that we've ranted about on our, you know, weekly podcast. Uh, pretty much every week for the last month. But the part that really bothered me was when they were coming out two weeks ago after week one saying, you know, when it was all about Ayuk, and they were like, well, Jimmy said, or not Jimmy, sorry. Uh, well, Kyle said that he's not in the doghouse and, you know, he's a truthful coach. No, he's not. He hides stuff all the time. <laughs> he He is Bill Belichick with a smile. And I've used that analogy before. He does not want to give up any info whatsoever because he views it as less info out there, the less info the opponent has. But he does it with a smile instead of, uh, you know, a big middle finger like Bill Belichick does.
0: I appreciate you not swearing. I think I've done that enough for the uh, for the feed. (laughs) So, okay, what grade would you give the 49ers today? Honestly, I give the defense I would say, like, a solid B plus, A minus. I give, the, I knocked them because they did let them go right down the field at the end of the game and the 49ers Everybody lost. Everybody does. But you know we're what? Rogers. Like, before that point, the defense answered the bell again and again and again. And you know, the only reason the 49ers were even in this game is partially because the defense made a goal line stand. So right. I, I'm not going to knock the defense too, too much because, honestly, like, I, it shouldn't have come down to that final drive. It really shouldn't. And uh, so I give them, I give them a B plus a minus. What about you?
1: I would say a solid B. I think they came out of the gates terribly like that. The, Those first the two drives. Yeah. The, the defense out of the gate, the first two drives were bad. When the Packers went down and got 10 points and they were basically doing whatever they wanted with Devonte Adams. I think Devonte Adams had like six catches after two drives or something like that. Um, but I don't think they came out well, but then D'Amico adjusted and the defense, I think kept them in the game through the second, third, and most of the fourth quarter. And then the final drive, yeah, what wasn't the best. Um, but I think it's a solid B. Could they have been better? Yeah, but they're playing an Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams team. Giving up uh, the amount of points they did isn't that bad. And what they give up, uh, 30 points? Yeah. And they made, like you said, multiple stands when the offense put them in bad situations. And again, I think that giving up 30 points, like some people are going to come and just look at the box score and say, well, they gave up 30 points. They didn't do that well. They were left out out to dry the entire first half. And they were put in a bad situation late in the game and they made a stand. Like they did their job. They did enough for the Niners to win against a team that has been in the NFC Championship multiple years in a row. They did enough. So I think it's a solid B. I don't quite go to the A- minus level. I think there were things that they could have improved on. Um, and I don't think D'Amico had a good game plan coming out. But they made the adjustments that they needed to make.
0: Okay, I can't throw Ryan's comment on the screen because he <laughs> dropped an F bomb. But he said, "We are dumb as duck." If the iPhone was typing it up and autocorrecting for us, why, Ryan? Like, what are we dumb about? I would love yeah, to hear part your part. comment as to why. Um, I, uh, defense lost it. Give me a break, Ryan. Come on, yeah. OK, they they gave up the field goal on the final drive. But the only reason the Niners are in the game at all is because in the first quarter, when the offense had their heads up their ass, the defense did enough to keep them in the game, including, like I said earlier, a goal line stand, especially when the offense is giving the Packers extra possessions. So, like, enough, man. Like, why is it never Jimmy's fault? Huh? Like, why is it never Jimmy and Kyle's fault? Can we just throw that out there? You talked about the offense in the beginning of the game, how the game plan was stagnant. Like, why is it never their fault? I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, call it like it is. Are we watching the same games out there? Like, man.
1: (laughs) You know, I did put that poll out there at halftime. Who do you want to see start the second half? And I screenshotted it when the second half ended because, you know, you have to do at least 24 hours on a poll for Twitter. So it could get skewed throughout the game. Um, So I I screenshotted it at the end of the second half, 72% said Trey Lance. So that's where the fan base is at, which, you know, yeah, I didn't have 10 million people voting on it. So it's not the entire fan base, but at least on Twitter, 72% of people, uh, which I think there were about 500 votes at, at the, when I screenshotted it wanted Trey Lance. That's a pretty overwhelming amount. And I think it's because the last two weeks, the limitations of Jimmy have been abundantly clear there have been, you know, it's not just that Kyle won't open up the playbook. He is scared to let uh, Jimmy throw anything, but over the middle, basically. Uh, I don't think I saw a single out route thrown today. Of, of course, course you didn't because
0: right. they can't. Cause they Jimmy is not going to step into the throw and it's going to flutter over there. It's probably going to be behind the guy. They can't do it. And everybody knows it. Cause we've been watching what now four years
1: if you count 2017 of this crap. And it's enough. Like, the book is out. Now, can I say this? Like, I'm, I'm not giving Jimmy credit because he does this every week, and it is what it is at this point. But it seems like when he's back is against the wall the last two weeks and he's about to get benched or it feels like, okay, if he plays really badly here, he's probably going to get pulled because the offense just isn't doing anything. Guess what he starts doing? He starts trusting his receivers. I <laughs> doesn't have thro- a choice. Yeah. How many throws did we see there in the second half? There were jump balls, especially to Debo. He was throwing 50-50 Debo balls. Debo had
0: a great game.
1: Right. He was throwing 50-50 balls and trusting his receivers to either get the catch or not allow it to be an interception. You know, And he's basically taking risks that he doesn't want to take before because he doesn't want to turn it over because he knows if he turns it over, that's a quick way to get to the bench with Kyle Shanahan. But all of a sudden, when it feels like okay, the offense either has to get some points here, or they're going to get benched because you've done nothing. Suddenly, he starts doing what quarterbacks need to do to move the ball in the NFL. You're not going to get a <laughs> wide open guy every single play. Even the the uh, big play to Kittle there on that final drive. If you watch that, it almost gets intercepted. If Jimmy of course didn't it does. get it, yeah. If Jimmy <laughs> didn't anticipate it and throw it right when he did, it would have been intercepted because that safety bit down on it hard and came flying up to get it and he was just literally probably like six six inches off from being able to tip it or intercept it. So I I don't get why Jimmy can't play that way the whole game like at some point and that was my theme throughout the first half on Twitter at some point you have to let him sink or swim make him make those throws he sank. He sank already. He's at the bottom of the ocean, Levin. He can't even see the
0: surface. He has sank. Like, come on. And I really think that if the 49ers haven't had such trash bag quarterbacks behind Jimmy Garoppolo, he'd already be gone. But it spends such crap, such dreck behind Jimmy Garoppolo that everybody's scared. Everybody clenches up, right? Because they think that we have to go back to that if Jimmy's not in. But that's not it. You drafted a guy third overall. When's the last time the third overall pick in the draft didn't play or played less than what? 15 snaps through the first three games? Like, I can't even think of it. It's unheard of. It's insanity, Levin.
1: It's insanity. Can I say this, because I know it's going to happen, because I've already seen it multiple times uh, throughout the game when a lot of talk there in the first half was go to Trey Lance, especially after the touchdown. And people were like, did you not watch Justin Fields today? Right. From two different people. <laughs> Shut the hell up with that. Thank you. Like, they're not the same situation. Just because they're two rookies, two athletic rookies, doesn't mean they're going to have the same results. They're completely different. Justin Fields playing like crap today has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on what Trey Lance could do. Do we know Trey Lance would be good? No, we don't. Maybe he's not ready. We don't know for sure because we're not getting to see practices every day. And Kyle Shanahan probably doesn't know for sure right now anyways, because (laughs) Trey Lance is playing scout team only, but what happened with the other rookies today and especially Justin Fields literally has zero, absolutely zero to do with Trey Lance. So if, if I see that this week, I guarantee that there's going to be me, like, just, you know, throwing the gauntlet at whoever says that on Twitter, because that just incenses me. It's like, that is such a cop-out. That is such a, well, you know, that black athletic quarterback didn't play well, so this one won't either. Like, what?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't get it. John Meredith says, Jimmy Sank BS. John, were, were you watching the game? Were you watching the game? Like, what game were you watching? Three quarters of this game, Jimmy didn't do a damn thing. They scored in the at the end of the first half because Trey Lance came in and scored the touchdown. Like, what are we even talking about? I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of this. I've never seen a quarterback that has had one decent season in his life. And the fan base clings to him like they're drowning and he's a life preserver. I don't understand it. You guys are nuts, okay? I'm glad, like, like. okay, why can't I? Blood clot by says two turnovers. Exactly. And they were hideous turnovers. Well, to be fair, let me be fair. Jair Alexander made a great play. I thought the ball hung up there for about 15 years. Because he didn't step into it. But that's still a great play by Jair Alexander. But the fumble. And he should have had another fumble, by the way, because he got hit thrown backwards to Debo that they didn't call. And you can argue he should have had an intentional grounding at the end of the first half before they brought Trey Lance in, which Definitely Matt LaFleur was furious about before halftime. I thought he was going to burst a blood vessel in his head.
1: Like, man. There were, there were some bad calls. There were bad calls yes. early in the game against the 49ers. And then there were really bad calls in the 49ers' favor uh well i mean that that intentional grounding happened right at the end, end of the first half but the the pass interference the niners got late in the game th- there was absolutely nothing there like nothing the guy had his hand up yeah he, he didn't he didn't affect him whatsoever i think it might have looked Like it did, because right at the moment that the guy's hand went towards Ayuk's shoulder pad, Ayuk kind of dove backwards to try to turn and make the catch. Mm -hmm. And it looked like he got shoved from the angle that you saw the ref right behind the play was that it probably did look that way, but it's a terrible call. Like, he was not affected whatsoever. He he wasn't really pushed at all. Um, But at the end, I mean, it all came out even. There were some bad calls early on for the Packers that, what was it, uh, I think the Niners at halftime had like four penalties, but 90 yards on those penalties. Yeah, 20 yards of penalty
0: crushing. I mean, I thought that was like the Packers whole offense was just like hike, throw it deep and get a flag. That was pretty much their goal. Victor, what does Victor say? No one is clinging. You guys just blamed Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan. The defense didn't get it done. D had little pressure against rookies and blew
1: it. The- OK, like <laughs> I, I will say no, 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 no. I will say that that's one of the things that's going to last with this game for me. And we haven't gotten to it yet. How the hell did the Packers get more pressure? Defensively than the Niners did
0: because they, Aaron Aaron Rodgers was fourteen of fourteen throwing under two and a half seconds. That's how like what,
1: there's nothing. What pressure is going to get there in less than that? The second half he was throwing deep. In the second half they were going deep consistently because the defense wasn't getting there. There was no pressure generated. None of the blitzes worked. There was never a guy that went un- unblocked to get to Aaron Rodgers. There were no mistakes. Yet the Niners' offensive line, which has its entire starting line, had multiple times that somebody went unblocked, and there were three sacks in the game. Could have been a couple more. Uh, Jimmy managed to get out of a couple of them. Um, you know, you had the tripping call that took one away, which I don't think he probably would have ended up being sacked if he wasn't tripped, so can't really count that as a would-be sack. But, you know, they had more pressure, and they were playing without their best pass rusher, and coming into the game, I believe – had the fewest pressures and sacks of any team in the NFL through the first two weeks. Yeah, they had one sack
0: coming yeah. on the way in. Yeah. Joshua Tree, 288, watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page, says, Hi, guys, liking the cast. Thoughts on our O and D lines? Limited protection and penetration, in my opinion. When the Agreed. 49ers offensive line is in a, an obvious pass or a must-pass situation, they don't hold up in pass protection. Jimmy Garoppolo was under pressure a lot on the final two drives of the game, whether it's Brunskill, who, I mean, how bad does Aaron Banks have to be to not be able to beat out Daniel Brunskill? Like, you took a guard in the second round to fix this problem, and he can't see the field. And Brunskill's a turnstile over there at guard. Like, Aaron Banks has got to be garbage, because if Brunskill's the best we got, I mean, he's a liability. Collinsworth was talking about it, like, He's a liability, him and McGlinchey, in must-pass situations. You know where the pressure's coming from, and you know it's coming. Yeah, there were
1: multiple times in this game that I saw McGlinchey actually get knocked down on a pass protection. (sighs) God. McGlinchey... Mid-season form. Yeah. So far, he hasn't had the plays where the sack actually happens, but McGlinchey, I don't think he's improved. I don't think he's any better than he's been. And I don't think he's going to improve at this point. He is what he is, which is a very average right tackle who's really good in the run game and really bad in the pass game. And to me, in this NFL, today's day and age, I don't want that. I know Kyle does. Good for him. But (laughs) when your pass protection is so bad, you cannot come back to win games because your right tackle is getting his butt kicked every play when it's an obvious pass. Passing situation, and I'm seeing the same things for McGlinchey. He he just doesn't have it when it comes to pass protection. And again, I don't think it's a strength thing. I think that was an excuse. I don't think it's a strength thing. I think his hands are terrible, unless he is driving forward and he can just run into somebody and use a run block. Yeah, like a run block. He's not good. His hand technique is terrible. He constantly misses with his hands and doesn't get his hands on the defensive lineman. And I gotta say, like I, I I watched the game too, all twenty-two, and I saw it again uh, twice tonight. I don't know if there were more. It's hard to see with the broadcast angle. Yep. Where there was a screenplay, and McGlinchey is running out in front and literally gets to nobody. <laughs> and the guy that oh, he, that's good. The guy he could have gotten gets the tackle. One of them was on the Kittle play where Kittle almost got the first down. And that was really early in the second play. That was one I saw on the broadcast where McGlinchey like cuts up and goes to block a guy who's already being engaged by one of the receivers instead of going and getting the linebacker who ended up making the tackle like you're literally going and the same thing I saw in week two he's literally going to try to block somebody who's already being blocked rather than getting the guy who's not being blocked like he, he's just he's not it
0: Yeah, and they're gonna probably extend him too um let me just check in on some of the post game situations so a lot of people are talking about the 49ers cornerbacks and rightfully so because they were thin going into the game Josh Norman had a chest injury. Kyle Shanahan didn't have a diagnosis. I did see some people talking on Twitter about maybe a torn pec, which would be season ending, basically. Um, But that's totally unconfirmed. That's just literal Twitter Twitter rumors, so we don't know about that. We'll find out. Uh, one Williams has a calf strain. He went down pretty early in this one. Diamador Lenore just, I guess it's a rule. Like, he has to be on the field for, like, every snap of the game because he seemingly has been through three weeks. Dante Johnson suffered a shoulder stinger. He returned to the game. And, of course, Ambry Thomas, healthy Scratch. Third round pick. Dre Kirkpatrick, also a healthy scratch. The secondary is going to be an issue, Levin, and it's not going to get any better because Russell Wilson comes next week and Arizona and Kyler Murray come after that.
1: So this is going to be dicey. Yeah. It, it, it's not good. And the obvious help I don't think is possible anymore. If you saw what Richard Sherman posted, I don't know if it was a tweet or Instagram, mm-hmm. but uh, he posted that this was his final Sunday for a while and, Making his kids snacks for their games, which would tell you that he is signing with somebody and already had a deal in place before this game, which means it's almost definitely not the 49ers. It is probably Tampa Bay, who had a bunch of injuries coming into this week and had even more uh, in this week. And that would be, you know, a prime destination for Sherman because it's a, you know, go in and try to get a championship on the cheap (laughs) because you're joining an already championship caliber team.
0: I don't know that Richard Sherman solves all the problems anyway, to be honest with you. I, I really don't. I don't think that he was the—I mean, he'd be better than probably the guys they're going to have. I wonder if Brian Allen is available. Maybe they can uh, maybe they can throw him back out there. <sighs> I mean, I knew the 49 i said at the beginning of the show, I know the 49ers were going to lose eventually. Of course, they're not going to go 17-0, but it, it shouldn't have been this game, man. It
1: shouldn't have been this game. Can, can I ask you a question? Yes. A question I am currently debating internally. Is this the worst Kyle Shanahan has coached for the 49ers in a season? I'm talking this season so far compared to all the other seasons. To me, I think it's a yes.
0: I don't know. My, my problem with Kyle is he's screwing up the easy stuff. Fourth and one at midfield when you're down multiple yeah. scores against Aaron Rodgers.
1: You have the best, one of the best QB sneakers. Like Jimmy Garoppolo learned from Tom Brady, he who is just really did good. It
0: four times last week. Yeah, and you, you, you don't even try. You take the delay game and you punt. He's so scared, Levin. He he's so worried about what happens if they don't get it. It's like he never even considers that maybe we'll just gain a freaking yard. Like I don't. He's got to stop that, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. You're not blowing people out. So the the. Decisions that you make the way you go in these critical points in the game with situational management, they're going to be even more important. And he keeps getting them wrong again and again and again. How how have they not studied this? Like, how have they not looked and been like, hey, gee – Maybe we should actually go for it. Like the math has been out there for a really long time. He saw the Chiefs do it to him in the Super Bowl. The Ravens do it all the time. The Ravens did it to him when they played two years ago. Like
1: Dan freaking Campbell with the Lions is going for it on fourth yes. down all the time. And he has Jared Goff as his quarterback. Like he's going for it. Like if it's fourth and five and less and he's past his own 30, he's going for it. I think I saw today, I didn't see much of the Lions game. But I'm pretty. I know they went for it on fourth down. I'm pretty sure it was in their own territory. They went for it on fourth down, and it was like fourth and three, like that. That is the statistical play. I can understand not going for it on, you know, fourth and four, and you're on your own twenty. I Probably to me, I don't <laughs> think you do that. But if it's fourth and one, I don't care where you're at, you should be going for it.
0: Uh, I'm just tired of it, man. These are easy.
1: Like, a lot of stuff in the game you can't control, right?
0: right? You can't control when Aaron Rodgers is dropping dimes and throwing back shoulders to Devontae Adams and doing Aaron Rodgers things. But that's totally within your control. It's completely avoidable. And it's – I don't get it. Like, it's burned him so many times. That's what I don't understand. Like, even if you think you're making the best decision, when it – kills you again and again and again, don't you eventually learn like when you touch the burner and it's hot and you get burned, you know what you do? Stay away
1: from the goddamn stove. Like, but that, come that's, on. That's, that's not even the only thing he's doing. You know, he, he has other things like you know, we did uh, our podcast prior to the the Philly game and we were told by uh, I'm drawing a blank right now on the Philly guy we brought onto the podcast. which Aton Shander. Thank you. Shander told us that the Philadelphia Eagles are really susceptible to pitch plays, pitch runs that they just can't stop them. And guess what the Niners didn't come out doing? They didn't run any pitches. Guess what they started doing when they started scoring points at the end of the second half and all through the or end of the second quarter and all through the second half? Started running pitch runs and that was where they found the most success. Like how does that guy know it but Kyle Shanahan doesn't? And then you come out tonight and once again the game plan offensively was crap. Nothing worked. Nothing worked offensively until late in the game. Like Kyle Shanahan is not coaching well. And then you have the whole Brandon Ayuk situation, which I don't think you can deny he was in the doghouse tonight. You saw Brandon Ayuk being the first read in plays. You saw him get a run play. You saw him purposely get involved in the game. Whereas in week one and two, you saw him one, not start week one and two, purposely not be part of the game plan. Like wasn't even in the top three reads on almost any pass plays. He had two total targets on, I think, 35 uh, passing routes. Uh, I saw that stat today. And like I said, I reviewed, I didn't get a review game one because thank you NFL for not having all 22 out there. But I reviewed game two and he was open. He had six or seven plays where he was 10 yards or more down the field and completely wide open. Problem was, is the progressions that Jimmy Garoppolo was given by Kyle Shanahan had him not even look to that side of the field. Literally only looks at the right side, goes one, two, three, and then he was either throwing it or getting out of there. Never even looked Ayuk's way, and to me that is coaching design, not necessarily Garoppolo.
0: I was looking at Brandon Ayuk's numbers. Four catches for 37 yards, six targets in the game. Had a touchdown, imagine that, on a nice throw to Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: It was. It wasn't. It wasn't the breakout game for Ayuk. I don't think, because yeah, he had the he had the drop. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo should have had the touchdown there right before the first half ended, uh, but Ayuk dropped it, and then Lance came in and got it. But I think this was, this is what you get with Brandon Ayuk. He he showed that he is a good starting caliber wide receiver that has a lot of potential. And why wasn't he playing? And I I see you have the the Surefield thing down there. I noticed that too. I want to see what the play snaps are, but I didn't see Shurfield very much. Like I literally didn't, didn't realize it until in the second half, about halfway through the third quarter, I saw Shurfield come in and I realized, I think that's the first time I've seen him. I'm sure he's played more, but I think that's the first time I've seen him, which is saying something because, you know, I've been honed in on IU. So I've been like, literally before every play, (laughs) before every play, I figure out where he's at so that I know if the pass is going his way before, you know, when it's getting thrown. So For me to not notice until the second half, I don't think Shurfield played very much in this game.
0: So Frankie Ernesto Garcia watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. Thank you, Frankie. says, why isn't Shurfield in there instead of Sanu? Because you know what? Maybe Trent Shurfield sucks. Like, every year we get a guy that gets puffed up in training camp, that he looks really, really good, right? And every year he comes out and he's the same player he's always been. The Cardinals let Trent Shurfield go for a reason. Maybe he's just not any good.
1: Like, Right. I I think you're going a little too far. Like, did the fan base overrate him? Duh. Like, this guy was let go by a team for a reason. You Even think I'm going too been... far? <laughs> yeah. Um, does Trent Shorefield suck? No. Is he a starting caliber receiver? No. Is he a really good, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth option on a team? Yeah. I think he's a really good option there. He has the capability of playing in slot and playing outside. You know, he's, he's a good depth piece receiver. You know, He's just not what everybody thought. Everybody thought he was going to come in and, oh, this guy might actually be a star coming out of the slot. No, he, he's not bad, but he is good. But, you know, Sanu was getting open in this game. You know, he was the one that it ended up being a catch. But in my opinion, I can understand why they had the play stand, but I, I don't think Sanu caught that. I think the ball moved. It was just one of those situations where it's so close, the refs can't really overturn it. But Sanu was getting open. I think Sanu actually had a pretty good game. Edwin
0: Villanueva watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page says he puts the loss 30% on Kyle Shanahan, 60% on Jimmy Garoppolo, 10% on the defense. First of all, I'm just glad that it adds up to 100 because I was going to bang on you (laughs) if you didn't do that. So good job, Edwin. Um, Here's the thing with the defense. I saw this tweet from Mark Delucci. Jimmy Garoppolo had two turnovers that gave Green Bay the ball inside the 49ers 38-yard line. The defense allowed a combined, combined three points on those drives. Did the defense play a perfect game? No. But anyone blaming them and ignoring Jimmy Garoppolo's struggles is missing the bigger picture. And Mark just hit the nail square on the head, baby. Like, you can't just look at the point total and say the defense didn't do their job. You got to watch the whole game. And I'm sorry. I know that there's a lot of other things. It wasn't just Jimmy Garoppolo. There's other things along with it. But you saw, the 49ers are better than the Packers. Look at the roster, right? The 49ers had the advantage in almost every place. And yet, because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and he's really good and he's miles away and ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo, the Packers won
1: the game. That's that's simple, man. Yeah, I don't disagree. They run the
0: same offense, for God's sakes.
1: You know, it it should be said, you know, I I ranted on the defense that they didn't, the defensive line, you know, they didn't dominate the trenches like they should have but the offensive line didn't dominate their trenches either. You didn't see a big push for the run game. Like this is a game where the Niners should have been able to run even with all the banged up running backs. You know, they should have had some holes for Trey Sermon, and I didn't see them. And, you know, this Green Bay Packers run defense has been one of the worst in the league for multiple years in a row now, and they were giving up almost five yards of carry coming into this game through the first two games. The Niners should have been able to run on them, and it just wasn't there. This this offensive line is not getting the push that we're used to seeing. And I also I would be remiss if I didn't question why Shanahan is running to the right side as often as he is. You know, he, he's not running to where the strength is. Like, run it to Trent Williams, run, run to it to Blake and Tomlinson. That's right. your strength, and they keep running it, trying to go, you know, go to McGlinchey's side. Which yeah, he's a really good run blocker, but he has Brunskill next to him, who's playing like crap.
0: Run it to the giant movable wall you have at left tackle. There was on the on the Lance touchdown. Poor Eric Stokes for the <laughs> Packers. He's trying to make the play, and here comes giant human uh, Trent Williams and just murders him and just shoves him right out of the club, as they say. I'm trying to find some post game quotes. I'm not seeing a ton of post game quotes on Twitter, and I apologize because I try and do that, but you know I want to get down here and start the show as soon as possible. Jimmy Ward was pretty adamant that he did not have a dirty hit on Devontae Adams late in the game. I know the Packers were pretty mad about that. Um, Mm. It looked to me like he did try and take his head out of it, but I think he still might have hit him in the helmet. So I I don't think it was intentional by any means, but I do think it might have been helmet to helmet.
1: I don't think it was intentionally helmet to helmet. You know, He wasn't head hunting specifically but he was head hunting in the sense that he was looking to blow him up and he was a defensive receiver. Like that hit shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't well, he's have been trying to dislodge the ball. I, I understand that, but the ball was already gone. You know what I mean? Like it's hard not to make some contact there, but he didn't slow down at all. He went full force through that. Like you want to call it dirty. I, I think it's one of those in between ones. If somebody wants to call it dirty. I'm okay with that. If you want to say it wasn't his intention, I'm also okay with that, but that. That, to me, not being called is bad. And I will say this. Jimmy Ward's getting a fine for it. So,
0: Yeah, he could afford it. it,
1: it, Yeah, it's pretty easy to argue it's dirty when you get fined for it.
0: Project Max, watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page, spins it forward for us. How good is our team after tonight? That's a good question. Um, I think that the 49ers are who I thought they were, to quote Dennis Green. They have a defense that is good. But is not 2019 level and is not going to be with the cornerbacks all banged up as they are and Dre Greenlaw is out of there too now. That's not who they are. The offense is going to have to pick it up. They're going to have to carry the load for this team more than the defense. The defense is going to be able to make plays, but this has got to be an offense first team. You have the offensive head coach, right? You've got Kittle and Ayuk and Debo. Like, you're supposed to have the weapons now. Everything is supposed to be in place for the offense to be able to do that this year. And it hasn't been so far. They had a good first half in Detroit, and that's been it. Since then, they've been largely trash on offense. And I think if they can't pick it up, if they can't be better than this, Levin, the 49ers are not going to be where they want to be at the end of this season.
1: The offense definitely has to get going. Like the fact that they won last week and almost won this week, with how bad the offense was in the first half of both games, is remarkable. Like they were as bad as you could possibly be for a quarter and a half of both those games to start the games. Like they should have been buried in both games, and yet they were able to make it back. But I agree with you. The defense is not 2019 level. I think it's still. A really good defense, but it has weaknesses. Uh, Unlike the 2019 defense, I don't think it really had a big weakness. Um, And I am disappointed with the defensive line performance so far. Because, you know, I, I mentioned it a little bit, but we didn't really dwell on it on our gold standard podcast. That, You know, I didn't think that the defensive line is getting consistent pressure. I think I said that actually on the instant reacts last week. that They're not consistently getting as much pressure as, you know. To me, they're playing good. They're just not playing great. And this defense is predicated on them being dominant. And they have every reason to be dominant when you look at, at the talent that they have. Um, and then offensively, it, it it's not a train wreck, but it, it's closer to a train wreck than a smooth machine. Put it that way.
0: <laughs> uh, Jason watching us on the Niners Nation Facebook page says people freak out in the beginning of the season. Week six is when teams are finally getting dialed in. Hey, Jason, this just in the games before week six still count.
1: OK, you it, they all no, count. You can't just no, say no, no, no. it doesn't start till week six. Hey, hey, one third of the season doesn't matter in a <laughs> right. def- or in a division that could have four winning teams. Like
0: and the Rams uh, are three and zero, and the Cardinals are three and zero, and if Seattle wins next week, Seattle and the 49ers, I mean, like it's going to be a mess in the NFC West. So, like, yeah, I'm freaking out a little bit. Sorry, the games count. The losses matter.
1: Yeah, that game next week looms large now because if. If they lose that game, all momentum from those first two wins is gone. Yep. It, it's if, if they lose that game, it is, well, you beat two bad teams and then you lost to the only two decent teams that you've played. That's what the, right. that's what the narrative will be. And it True. won't be false. It won't, it won't be. That's what the situation would be. And it would be very much a question of what are the 49ers really? Are they a seven, eight, nine win team? Or are they truly going to be a team that blossoms into being really good and, to me, I it, if the offense starts out the way it did in this game and last week against Seattle, and Jimmy Garoppolo still keeps playing, uh, I it, it's time to sound the alarms and be heavily critical of Kyle Shanahan <laughs> even more than I already am. Like I'm one of the few I think that's being pretty harsh with him. Um, I'm not sitting here saying he's a bad coach yet. But uh my eyebrows are raised at this point, and if he is stubborn with sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo, if Jimmy Garoppolo continues to struggle, which hey, I hope he goes out and dominates. You know, I I hope he does. I I would like Jimmy Garoppolo to dominate and have what I t- what I asked you, the scenario I put to you before the season. What happens if Jimmy Garoppolo has a Pro Bowl season and the Niners uh, end up winning the Super Bowl? Like
0: now you know why. Now you know why I laughed when you yeah, asked me that. I
1: know that, but you know, I I wish Garoppolo would play like that. I don't think he will, but. You know, if he struggles again and has a game like tonight and Kyle stubbornly sticks with him, it's time to start questioning whether or not Kyle Shanahan is the answer, as good as he is. Because I think there is a question still to be had there of whether or not he's an offensive genius that should be an offensive coordinator and is not good at the head coaching part of it. I I do think that's a legit question still at this point.
0: There are plenty of coaches like that. Norv Turner is the first guy that pops into my head awesome offensive coordinator was the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys when they were kicking everybody's butt in the nineties. Couldn't do it as a head coach. Just it's a different job. It's a different job. It's not just about drawing up X's and O's. It's a management position. And, you know, earlier this year, when, when Verrett went down, they asked Kyle Shanahan, do you have to go to the team and say like, you know, to try to fight against this whole, like, Oh, here we go again mentality. And Kyle's answer was, Oh, I'm not going to play therapist for everybody. Well, guess what the 49ers veterans did after guys kept going down? Had a meeting and talked about how, hey, don't think it's a here-we-go-again situation. Like, Kyle's got to be on that stuff, man. Like, that
1: matters. Right. It's not to the baseball level. Like, the baseball manager, it's all about just pretty much managing egos and and putting people in the right mindset. Football is not quite there. You know, there's a lot of X's and O's that goes into being a head coach. But there is still a heavy part of being a guy that picks your team up, so to speak, you know, motivates your team, puts them in a good mindset, keeps their t- confidence going. And that is the part that is a little bit of a question mark still.
0: Brian Rankin, watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. You laugh because you're stupid. And I'm so glad you idiots aren't in charge. Y'all are stupid. About what, Brian? Like, let, I want to hear. Let me it. take
1: this. Let me take this one. What are you doing here? Listen to us then. If we're so stupid, <laughs> I mean, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, I, I've never understood that. Like, hey, so I dumb it. and I'm going to be sitting here watching you for, what, 51 minutes at this point.
0: Like, I want to know, Brian, please comment again. Like, tell us what you disagree with. I'm willing to admit I was wrong. I thought the Washington football team would have a really good defense this year. You know what? I was wrong. They stink. They can't guard anybody. T- tell me why you think I'm stupid. I want to hear it. Like, what am I so wrong about? I've watched football for a pretty long time. I think I have somewhat of an idea when things are going right and when they're going wrong. And I'm sorry, just because Kyle Shanahan knows more about football than I do. And to be clear, he does. By a lot doesn't mean he's perfect all the time. It doesn't mean he's infallible. It doesn't mean he never makes a mistake. And just because we call him out on what we think are those mistakes doesn't mean we hate the 49ers. It doesn't mean we're rooting for them to lose. It just means we think they're doing something wrong. That's all. And it doesn't
1: mean we hate Kyle Shanahan. I don't hate Kyle I love Kyle Shanahan. I am happy he's our head coach still to this point. I just don't think it's a slam dunk that he is the answer still. Like, I think that there are certain things that he doesn't do well and it is almost all tied to his ego getting in his own way. But if he continues to have those same mistakes and he continues to not be able to get out of his own way, continues to, at the expense of the team's quality, say Brandon, I, you're not getting anything because (laughs) you did something to piss me off. Like to me, that that is something that eventually will unravel on you. Eventually you can only do so many ego things like that, ego trips. Um, I called him power trips when I had a coach do it, um, you know, in my non-professional career. You know, a power trip was when a coach basically got full of themselves and made it about them and said, I have the power because I'm the coach, so I'm going to do this. And to me, that was the Brandon Aik situation. I don't know what he did, but it's clear Kyle, at the expense of the team, decided Brandon Ayik will not get the ball. And that is an ego thing that coaches can't do. And if you do that enough, unless the wins keep coming somehow, the team will turn on you eventually. Right now, the Niners are 2-1. and There's not going to be criticism over that. But if the Niners keep having losing seasons, eventually the locker room is going to start to go, this is ridiculous. But if you coach scared,
0: you're going to have losing seasons. Jason Valenzuela again from the Niners Nation Facebook page is trying to tell us why we're stupid. He says, you haven't even talked about how one rookie running back won't get the running game going. Like, dude, if you think the biggest problem is the run game and not the quarterback and the play calling, like this isn't football from 1985. Yeah, the run game has been an issue thus far. I agree but it's not the biggest issue. If your engine is broken, it doesn't matter if you have a flat tire, okay? Like, yeah, more than one thing can be wrong with the car, but I'm sorry, the tires are not the biggest issue. And when the engine, the head coach, and the quarterback are not right, are not working, are not functioning, that's what you need to fix before you worry about the tires.
1: You know that team in the division that's like a mirror image of us? (laughs) You know, the Rams? What kind of run game do they have? how are they doing yeah how are they doing how did their offense do today Uh, i wonder what the difference is could it be that the niners have a well at this point a below average quarterback and the rams have a quarterback who's playing really well like hmm. it's almost like if you have a good enough quarterback it doesn't matter what the run game does because that's the nfl today the nfl is Literally set up. They have made rule change after rule change to make the passing game dominate because that's more exciting than anything exactly. else. Exactly. The
0: Rams suck. Jason says. Well, you know what? The Rams are three and zero, and they just beat the Super Bowl champs, and they just beat them by kind of a lot. So you know what? Maybe the Rams don't suck.
1: maybe tell me the... you're. <laughs> tell me you're a homer without telling me. Right, not. like, dude, what are you watching? <laughs> Give me a break.
0: Uh, it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. It's frustrating, but you know what? Kyle's going to – I think what's going to happen, there's two ways this can go, right? And I know we're getting a little long here. I appreciate you, everybody, hanging with me. There's two ways it can go. The Niners can realize that, hey, maybe we may need to make a change. They've already admitted that they've simplified the offense to make it easier for Trey Lance. Why don't they keep doing it, P.S.? They're
1: simplifying the offense for Jimmy.
0: Right. Jimmy said it's helped him. So if you can make the offense simpler, maybe you should. But they can either admit their mistake and get Trey Lance on the field, at least if you're not going to start him outright, at least much more. Or Kyle's going to do what a lot of people do when they're told that they're wrong, dig in more. And he's going to go in the opposite direction. He's going to dig his heels in and say, no, I'm right. I got to be right. I have to make this work. Otherwise, I'll be wrong. We don't like to be wrong. Our brains do not like it. And so maybe he digs in his heels and says, you know what, I can come up with something. I can draw up something. I can do it with Jimmy. I can do it with this guy, which is insane because you're working against yourself at that point. But those are the only two ways it can go, right, Levin?
1: Eh, yes and no. I mean, at the end of the day, the Niners are 2-1, and one, and they should have and nearly did and led with seconds remaining <laughs> against a team that is expected to win, you know, 11, 12, 13 games. So, the team, you can see the talent. They're two and one. They're not in a bad position. They're just not in as good of a position as everybody hoped because three and 0 is a lot Mm. better than two and one. Um, But at at the end of the day, the Niners are still in a pretty good position. They're two and one, and they've shown the talent to be amongst the best teams in the NFC.
0: How many wins do you get for that? (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Couldn't resist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) None, but. Like, I I don't think it's necessarily over if Jimmy keeps starting. I don't want to see it. But, well, I shouldn't say that. I want Jimmy to to play lights out. I don't see that happening. And thus, I would rather see Trey Lance get in sooner rather than later. I still stick to my preseason prediction. I think Trey Lance takes over after the bye week. It's the logical time to do it.
0: No, the logical time to do it was in the second he was drafted. And you'll never convince me otherwise. Nick Ellert says, how would Kyle be wrong and dig in with Jimmy? He already made his decision when he traded up for Trey. I know, Nick. I agree with you. I agree. Everything the 49ers have done says that they should change quarterbacks, but they're not doing it. And I think it's crazy to just say, well, Kyle knows best. That's what a lot of
1: people were giving me this week. Chris Collinsworth, Mr... Well, I can't say that because this is a PC. I was going to say Mr. does something with every quarterback that is not appropriate to say. Um, But Chris Collinsworth who butters up every single quarterback who plays in every single game that he announces was even saying at one point that you need something to spark your offense and your run game is nothing and you have a mobile quarterback on your sideline that could help spark things and get the run game going due to his athletic ability. Even he, at at one point before the offense finally started to get some points on the board, started to question whether or not the Niners should go away from Jimmy. And he's somebody that always tries to take the quarterback side. He's very pro whatever quarterback is in the game.
0: (laughs) Sorry, Jason uh, Valenzuela is still trolling us. And I I'm just reading it. Teams don't get settled in until week six. Sorry, but that's the truth. Well, okay. Then just tell the league that these games don't count. That's fine. The NFC, you know, the Niners are going to be at the top of the NFC, so that's cool. Just, just tell her, let everybody know. Sorry, Aaron, that win doesn't really count. Doesn't matter. And I know what six. he's
1: trying to say, but he's misapplying it. Do teams hit their groove until week six? No, normally their mo, what they're going to be for that season, the way in which they're going to play and approach games, tends to kind of settle in, and they f- they figure out whatever it is they're they're capable of doing, their their weaknesses, their strengths. Around week six, but that doesn't mean that the games don't matter. But not mean that, that doesn't mean you don't just go well, whatever until week six. It doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter if if the team wins or loses because week six will hit our groove and then and then everything will be fine. You know, if you're two and four, or the Niners would be two and three, hitting week six because of the bye week, you're in a pretty bad spot in this division. This is a division you literally cannot give up a single game because it could be the difference between a bye week could be the difference between winning the division and getting a home game could be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs
0: the 49ers know who they are this is not a young team this is one of the oldest teams in the league in fact so there's no figuring stuff out until weeks like they know who they are. They're a run-the-ball run the team, run-play-action, and make big chunk plays down the field taking advantage of the play-action. That's who they are. And they're built on defense to get a lead and come after you with the pass rushers. This isn't a mystery here. They're the same team they were in 2019. They're built the same way. They don't have to find their way for five weeks, you idiot. God, <laughs> I'm so tired of some of these people, man. God. You can't, ugh, never never worry about anything, never freak out about anything, as if the 49ers have been winning championships year after year, okay? They don't have a Super Bowl win since I was nine years old. It was 1994, and they've had a good year in 2012, and they had a good year in 2019, they went to the Super Bowl. And other than that, the other years, they've been mostly crap. They've been mostly losing 10 games a year, okay? So sorry if I freak out a little bit, but come
1: on. Those are the facts, and they are not in dispute. You know, it's funny you bring up the last Super Bowl championship because I found myself thinking about that. I was like, it's been 27 years, and I kind of put myself into, you know, when I started truly getting uh, crazy obsessive and watching every single game was right towards the end of the Steve Young year. And I was thinking, a team that hadn't won in 27 years, say, in like 1998, which is, you know, the TO the, uh, year where he emerged and the catch-two and all that, that means that that team wouldn't have won a championship since 1971. A team that hadn't won the championship since 1971 and 1998 would be getting talked about how, wow, they haven't won at all in a really, really long time. And, you know, they would be looked down upon as a franchise. That's where the Niners are. Like a lot of Niners fans still like to hold, you know, put their hat on having five championships. That is great. But when you haven't won in 27 years, like, (laughs) that starts to lose its muster. That starts to lose its bragging rights, so to speak. Like, at this point, the Niners Niners haven't won in 27 years. And they've had, if I'm not mistaken, more losing years in that time by a pretty wide margin than winning years. Oh, yeah. At this point, like, you can't just sit here and pretend like everything's hunky-dory. And there needs to be a little urgency. Like, you can't just sit here and be like, oh, well, we wasted a year. Oh, well, you know. They need to win. Like, Especially for
0: it. for everybody telling me that you can't start Trey Lance cuz this is a Super Bowl team. Well, then I'm not going to I can't just sit around and say, "Oh, they'll be good by week 6." Like you can't have it both ways, right? If you're a Super Bowl team, then you should be fired up and get them and want them to fix what they need to fix. But if they're not a Super Bowl team, then get that Jimmy Garoppolo the hell out of here and play the kids so that you can become a Super Bowl team. So, yeah. no matter which way it goes, it, it doesn't make the- sense.
1: We're in that situation of you have a quarterback who had a 13-3 and year and made it to the Super Bowl, so some fans get stuck on that. And at the same time, he's not absolutely terrible. You know what I mean? Like, is he good? No. But he's not absolutely terrible. He has moments, he has some plays, and he ends up doing halfway decent. Problem is he misses so many plays, and you don't realize what he's leaving on the field because he doesn't complete the pass or he's you know got a guy wide open and he throws it to where he has to dive and it's only a 10 yard gain instead of him having 30 yards to run down the field in an open field you know that that's the difference it's harder to see those things and I think that's why we're stuck in this scenario of half the fan base being so pro jimmy and being so incensed if anybody dare criticizes him and it's because they they did get to a super bowl with him and He's not so bad that it's 100% obviously clear. Like He's better than some starting starting quarterbacks out there. There are worse starting quarterbacks in the NFL than Jimmy Garoppolo. Problem is, he's not good enough to win a Super Bowl with. There's a word for
0: what Jimmy Garoppolo is. Two words, actually. Backup quarterback. That's what he is. You can win some games with him Mm -hmm. if he has elite talent around him and a really good play caller. That's what he is. He's a placeholder. The Patriots were willing to get rid of him for a second-round pick.
1: His hand was forced in that um belichick didn't want to get rid of him but jimmy garoppolo i think he's better than a backup he, he's one of those guys that he's a placeholder he's good enough that you can win you could kind of make the playoffs with him but he's not good enough that you can truly win it all he's a joe flacco which i know joe flacco won so it's not the best analogy but he is that guy joe flacco had a unicorn of a playoffs to get his title like that was not the joe flacco and if that's what you're counting on to win a super bowl you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl with that guy. He's one of those guys that he's not terrible. He's just not good enough. He doesn't win you games, and he'll occasionally lose you a game. That's the worst place to be, Levin. That's the
0: worst place to live as a franchise because you're not good enough to win a championship, but you're not bad enough to get a high draft pick to get somebody that is. And so what do the 49ers do? They mortgage the farm to get someone that they think is good enough to do that and then they don't use him. You know what the 49ers have gotten out of the first 3 rounds of this draft? Basically nothing. They've gotten the two touchdowns out of Trey Lance. They've gotten nothing out of Ambry Thomas. They got nothing out of Aaron Banks. They got one game out of Trey Sermon, which I don't even know. What do you have 10 carries tonight in 3 weeks? Well, yeah. 11 carries cuz last week he had a carry and unfortunately he got got concussed. Like that's all you've gotten out of the first 3 rounds of your draft. and I brought it up already and people said it was too early. So I'm bringing it up again in the hopes that it's not too early now. We're almost a quarter of the way through the season.
1: Let's put it this way. With the early returns, Trey Lance better be the franchise quarterback because if he ends up not being it too, it's one of the worst drafts in team history considering what they paid to go up and get the guy and how the second and third round picks have turned out. Lenore is basically the only good draft pick at this point that we know of. I think Trey, I have confidence in Trey Lance, but we don't know at this point.
0: Lee watching on the Niners nation YouTube page says stats, doesn't understand a rookie quarterbacks make more mistakes. Yes, I do Lee, but guess what? Jimmy Garoppolo makes the same mistakes. That's what people don't get. Jimmy makes the same freaking mistakes like that hideous, hideous fumble at the end of this game where he's, he fumbles the ball. He's basically facing his own end zone. like, awful because he can't move, he can't escape pressure, and he's still making dumb mistakes. So you're going to get bad turnovers either way is my point. But with Trey Lance, you have the potential of big, explosive plays. Jimmy does not give you that potential. That's
1: the difference. Do people not get that? That is the difference. Nobody's sitting here saying Trey Lance won't make rookie mistakes. Right, He's going to make rookie mistakes. The difference is with his athletic ability and his arm talent, which is up there. You know, it's one of the better ones, uh, and I think it's the best one in this draft. You're going to have more crazy good plays. More passes, like the Aaron Rodgers touchdown, their last touchdown, which was literally if he throws it any doesn't throw the absolute perfect pass, that gets tipped by Lenore. Yep. That's the type of plays that you could get, which isn't to say that he's going to be Aaron Rodgers because he's going to make mistakes, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't make mistakes. That's why Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. But you're going to get those spectacular plays. And guess what? On these busted plays where you've seen Jimmy Garoppolo, hey, I, I will give him credit. He has moved pretty darn well in the pocket. But the difference between him and Trey Lance is when he moves pretty well in the pocket, Jimmy Garoppolo gets back to the line of scrimmage or gets a 2- or 3-yard gain. When Trey Lance moves well in the pocket. He gets a 20- or 30-yard gain. And that makes a big difference.
0: That makes a big difference. Yep, it's a massive difference. Jeff watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page says, Stats, my man, I'm worried you're going to have a stroke. You're not wrong, Jeff. (laughs) And we've been here for over an hour, so maybe it is time that we wrap it up. Um, if anyone is saying bringing up Justin Fields I urge you to please go back and listen to the show Levin absolutely nailed it when you covered that topic earlier one does not affect the other if you missed any of the show today it's I'm going to literally as soon as this is over turn it into a podcast it'll be up later tonight give me like an hour a couple hours it'll be up for you after I edit it uh, you can watch the whole thing it'll be available for you it's a lot of yelling for me to be honest with you I want to thank everybody again uh, I said it on the shows this week, but I'm just so proud of everybody here at Niners Nation. We had the best, second best month we've ever had last month. The only time we ever had more downloads was when the Niners were in the Super Bowl, and that's because of you, Levin, and all the great hosts we have here, and it's because of you, our listeners, and we really appreciate it. If you haven't done it yet, please follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network Leave us a rating and a review. If you do, that's how we get discovered. That's how people find us is the more ratings and reviews we get, iTunes will boost us up and promote us a little bit. So please, if you haven't done it, take 10 seconds. It's 10 seconds out of your day, but it makes a huge difference for us. Levin, I thank you very much for joining me tonight and and commiserating with me after this loss.
1: Yeah, it is what it is. You go back to the drawing board, hopefully – the offense gets going because if the offense was going, the team is
0: 3-0. And it's 2-1, and, and Seattle's coming. And, God, can we can we play a Seattle game that doesn't matter for anything? Like, man, every time we play them, I feel like there's a lot on the line. But we got a whole week to break that down. Uh, we'll, we will do that. Again, tough loss. We know the Niners weren't going undefeated. Hopefully, they bounce back next week. Have a good night, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.